Edward Jones, who knows that just like life, financial planning isn't only about long-term goals. It's about the moments big and small along the way. And when it comes to achieving everyday financial goals, Edward Jones works hard to connect you with someone you can trust professionally and personally. That's why they created their free financial advisor matching tool to help you find a financial advisor in your community. When you take the quiz and get your matches, don't expect just a list of resumes. You'll also see each financial advisor's story and personal interests. And when it's time to meet for the first time, they'll focus on your story, asking questions to understand where you're headed and why. Because Edward Jones knows that at the end of the day, behind every financial goal is a life goal. And that's what really matters. To learn more and find your financial advisor partner, take the quiz at match.edwardjones.com. You've been listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. You can always catch us live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. It is 5 a.m. here at CNBC Global Headquarters, and here is your 5 at 5. We begin with living up to the hype. A blowout quarter from NVIDIA is pushing that stock to a fresh record high and taking futures along for the ride. And the wait is over as the Federal Reserve kicks off its annual Jackson Hole Symposium today. Powell is speaking tomorrow. We will see if the chairman can pour some cold water on this latest stock pop. And sorting through a rough week for retail as one loan stock looks to extend its longest losing streak since 1980. Plus, Republican presidential hopefuls, with the exception of Donald Trump, they face off in the first party primary debate of this season. And then later, why you are more likely watching this show from home today than any other day of the year. It is Thursday, August the 24th, 2023, and you're watching Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. Good morning. Welcome to Worldwide Exchange. I'm Frank Holland. Let's get, let's get you ready to start this day. As always, we'll kick off the hour with the check on U.S. stock futures with the S&P 500 coming off its best day since June and the first 1% gain in 36 trading sessions. Taking a look at futures right now. As you can see, the Nasdaq, it's really popping on the back of that NVIDIA report, up over 1%. The S&P also higher. the Dow, very fractionally lower at this hour. We're also checking the bond market with the two-year yield hitting its highest level since early July. Take a look. You can see it is just below 5% right now at 4.96, something that we continue to watch. Also, as always, the benchmark 10-year right now at 4.18, falling back a few uh, basis points from where we saw it just a few days ago at about 4.26, 4.28. We're also looking at the energy market right now. Oil trading at its lowest level in four weeks. WTI, the U.S. benchmark, back below 80 bucks a barrel, 79.05. Up fractionally this morning, Brent crude at 83.41, up fractionally as well. More movement in natural gas, down three quarters of 1%. All right, time now to get to our top story, of course. That is an NVIDIA. Shares pushing the, the market higher in the pre-market after topping even the most bullish Wall Street estimates for its most recent quarter. NVIDIA seeing huge demand for chips, powering the AI revolution. CEO Jensen Wong sounding even more bullish for the current quarter. Our demand is tremendous. We are significantly expanding our production capacity. Supply will substantially increase for the rest of this year and next year. NVIDIA has been preparing for this for over two decades. All right, CNBC senior technology reporter Arjun Gopala joins me now. Arjun, taking a look, NVIDIA shares just extending those gains right now in the pre-market. Yeah, Frank, absolute blockbuster quarter. Let me dig into those numbers and try to unpack really what was behind them. And the headline figures, revenue doubled year on year to 13.5 billion U.S. dollars, higher than NVIDIA's own 
forecast and the market as well. EPS, $2.70 a share. 429% year-on-year rise, Frank. And there are no signs of slowing the company forecasting for the September quarter revenue of $16 billion, blowing away estimates and representing, if met, an 170% year-on-year rise. Now, there's a few things driving this, and it's mainly that data center business. NVIDIA's graphics processing units, which are used inside these data centers to train these huge AI workloads, the likes that underpin applications like ChatGPT. The, the data center business saw record revenue of 10.3 billion US dollars as well. And it's, there's this sweet spot NVIDIA is sitting in right now. One, the demand for its AI-related chips. And the second, the fact there's a bit of supply tightness as well, which is giving NVIDIA massive pricing power on top of that as well, commanding a margin of over 70%. In the quarter, even gaming business, which used to be NVIDIA's core business, remains strong in the quarter, seeing growth despite some of the macroeconomic headwinds and concerns. If you were to try to look for a bad spot, it'd be in its very small automotive business, which saw a sequential decline of 15% in revenues. But overall, Frank, very few cracks in the armor for NVIDIA as it rides this AI wave of demand for its chips and many seeing it really as the only game in town right now uh, for these kind of chips really underpinning a lot of these huge AI applications. I mean, Arjun, really just a blowout report. So a few questions. Do we hear anything about China risk for the company, especially for its data center business? Obviously, some uh, U.S. restrictions possibly coming up. Yeah, I mean, the China story really is an overhang over the broader chip sector, but certainly for NVIDIA as well. Last year, of course, the U.S. restricted some of its key AI chips from being uh, shipped over to China. There are reports that there may be further restrictions as well. NVIDIA made some sort of uh, slightly lower powered, less advanced chips to ship to China that complied with those. And so there are reports that even those now could come under new restrictions. The company's saying that it doesn't think it'll be hurt really by further restrictions at this point. But it did warn that over the long term that restrictions on sales of chips to China could result in a permanent loss of opportunity for U.S. chip makers in what is seen as quite a critical market. So it was a big warning from NVIDIA there that actually the U.S. uh, chip makers, semiconductor industry, could lose some competitiveness in the China market over the long term, Frank. All right. So generally it's considered that NVIDIA has a pretty broad moat when it comes to these AI-powered chips. Um, Is there competition? Could they possibly lose that advantage? Well, look, there's a lot, of, a lot of rivals now talking about launching uh, similar chips this year. AMD, really the front runner there, eyeing up a Q, uh, Q4 launch for what is seen as a rival chip to NVIDIA. But, um, so that is uh, something that clearly the company's watching as well, and many of its other rivals are also talking about this. But right now, NVIDIA's built this pretty strong moat. It's locked in companies like Microsoft and Amazon, these big cloud giants, uh, into the NVIDIA ecosystem, as it were, by having this first mover advantage. And that's really where it's key. And on top of that, one of the things you've seen is NVIDIA talking about upcoming uh, product launches and very new products. One of those is the L40, which is effectively a set of of a data center rack with its chips inside that can be put into these huge data centers run by the likes of Amazon and Microsoft. So further expanding its product portfolio, further expanding its moat, and I think for at least in the near time, going to be very hard for some of its rivals to catch up. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be very uh, competitive in the chip space right now, as you mentioned. AMD shares also up right now, up over 2.5%, but NVIDIA, the big winner right now. Arjun Kapal, always great to see you. Thank you very much. All right, turn our attention now to the broader markets and the enthusiasm around NVIDIA. 
really helping to boost the Nasdaq futures, especially as you can see, they are way up right now, up over one percent. But looking ahead, investors, they may start shifting their focus to the biggest macro issue of the week. That's the Fed's annual symposium in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And tomorrow, the speech from Fed Chair Jay Powell. Let's bring in Janet Moy, head of market analysis at RBC Bruin Dolphin. Janet, great to see you as well. Hi, good morning, Frank. Thanks for having me. All right, let's start with the big story today. NVIDIA, it has the NASDAQ futures up right now over 1%. Do you see this AI enthusiasm continuing throughout this market day? Hi. Um, well, to be, to be honest, I think it's very hard to fault NVIDIA's results. Uh, it shows that there's so much demand for these AI processes and infrastructure. So I think in the near term, this rally could continue. But I think Ultimately, it is a question of the valuation. So the risk reward at this point may not be as attractive as before, as the expectations may get incrementally harder to beat. But overall, um, this is a great theme, and I think it could continue to support the market. All right. Well, I mean, uh, I think they beat all expectations already, so we'll have to wait and see, Janet. Um, of course, t- today begins the Jackson Hole Symposium. Tomorrow, Jay Powell's speech. I'm looking at the CME FedWatch tool right now, a more than 85% chance of a pause, according to this metric. Uh, what are you expecting from Jay Powell tomorrow, and what impact do you think the anticipation of that speech will have on the markets today? Hi. Um, I do think that the Fed will pause. I think we're starting to see that impact from monetary policy, well, particularly from the PMI yesterday, and also what well, inflation is headed into the right direction. I think they won't change the narrative very significantly. I think it's still earing on the hawkish side, given that there is still a bit of reacceleration of inflation and the 2% is still not in sight yet. So I think they will be cautious. But equally, I think um, they, they, they will acknowledge that inflation is heading into the right direction and probably policy is really near the peak. So I think the, right. the question is how long are they going to keep these uh, rates elevated, which I, think, which I think it should be quite a while, I, I think at least until the first half of next year. Right. I mean, we have heard the, the Fed say higher for longer. The market just doesn't seem to believe that just quite yet. Um, I just want to ask you about risk. Is today a good day to put to add more risk to the table? Is this a time that you feel like you want to uh, maybe put some money or you advise clients to put some money in some riskier areas of the market? Um, so uh, not yet, actually. We, we don't think this is the right environment. We think that, um, yes, there may be a uh, pause in the Fed tightening cycle. But ultimately, I think we're starting to see that macro risk materializing. I think particularly in Europe, uh, uh, the PMIs are well in contraction in both manufacturing services. And there's also this China risk emerging as well. I think so far the risk is pretty contained within Chinese assets. But I think if things deteriorate, I think it does affect sentiment. So I think the global markets may be affected as well. So I think it's not probably the right moment to add risk at this point, given especially the valuations is still a challenge. I think uh, real yields, uh, you know, have surpassed two percent right. recently, and the, the valuation currently in U.S. market is not very consistent with that level of real yield. All right, Janet Moy from RBC Bruin Dolphin, great to see you as always. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, let's get a check on this morning's other top corporate stories. Our Savannah Hanau is here with those. Savannah, good morning. Hi, Frank. Good morning to you, Frank. Well, Esmark, that's the privately held steel company based in Pittsburgh, says it is scrapping its proposal to buy U.S. steel for $35 a share or $7.8 billion and will instead respect union workers' wishes the company be sold to Cleveland Cliffs. Esmark's bowout leaves ArcelorMittal as the only known challenger to Cliffs, which went public in its bid for U.S. steel earlier this month.
Meanwhile, Boeing says a new manufacturing defect in its best-selling 737 MAX jet will delay some near-term deliveries as it conducts an inspection to determine the number of planes affected and what's needed to fix the flaw. The company says the issue lies with the contractor Spirit Aerosystems and some improperly drilled fastener holes but because Spirit uses several suppliers, only a certain number of planes are likely impacted. And CVS Health is partnering with drug maker Sandoz to produce a near identical and cheaper version of the blockbuster arthritis treatment Humira. CVS says its version of the drug will sell for 80 percent below the brand name, Frank. Very Good for patients. Yeah, very interesting development yeah. right there. Arthritis, a big issue here in the United Absolutely. States. Absolutely. All right, Savannah, we'll see you later on the show. Later. All right, a lot more to come here on Worldwide Exchange, including the one word that investors have to know today. But first, it's not just NVIDIA. Why, yesterday was a very good day to report results. Your big money movers, they're coming up next. Plus, finding a silver lining in this week's retail wreck that left names like Peloton and Macy's sitting at fresh 52-week lows. Then later in the show, Republican presidential hopefuls with the expectation of the party's frontrunner with the exception of the party's frontrunner, face off in their first debate of the season. We have a very busy hour still ahead when Worldwide Exchange returns. Brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional quality expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI the symbol of alternative income at eatonvance.com slash CNBC. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. Now is the time to bring new ideas to your industry. And T-Mobile for Business has the advanced 5G solutions to make that happen. We're helping rethink patient-doctor interactions with real-time data sharing. We're tracking carbon with 5G sensors to help fight climate change. We're partnering with cities to connect roadways, cars, and drivers to minimize injuries. Disruptive thinking deserves a disruptive partner. So let's get started on what's next for your business. Step up your innovation at T-Mobile.com slash now. All right, welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. Taking a look at U.S. futures right now. The Dow actually taking a dip to the downside, looking like it would open up about 20 points lower right now, moving lower since the time we started the show at 5 a.m. Eastern. The S&P up fractionally higher than NASDAQ, really the big winner, up over 1% in the pre-market. Let's now see how Europe is shaping up as its trading day gets underway. Our Juliana Tattlebaum is in our London newsroom with much more on the early action. Juliana? Frank, good morning. Well, Europe is taking its cue not only from Wall Street, but from the strong trade we had in Asia overnight. So let me start there. You can see we've got gains across the board. The standout performer, the Hong Kong market, the Hang Seng, rallying more than 2%. But it's not just Hong Kong. Nikkei 225 in Japan to put on about 9 tenths of a percent. Shanghai Composite in the mainland added about 12 basis points or so. Now, as Asian markets were closing up for the trading day, we got news out of the BRICS nations meeting in South Africa that they are inviting six additional countries to join their 
alliance, and this is big for China, which is a real had been a real pioneer of expansion of this uh, of this alliance. So that news came through just uh, uh, over an hour ago. Now, in terms of European market trade, here's the picture right now. We've got green across the board here as well. So following Wall Street uh, higher as well as the Asian markets, and the gains are broad based. You can see here spread pretty evenly across the different regions. There is one standout sector though that is catching a strong bid, and that is the chip makers within the technology basket. Here's a look at some of the big names here, obviously taking their nod from those strong NVIDIA results out after the close yesterday. Stateside, ASMI up nearly 3%. You've also got ASML trading strongly up about 1.4%. So those NVIDIA results providing a boost, uh, another boost of positive sentiment to the broader technology space. Frank? All right, Juliana, thank you very much. Our Juliana Tattlebaum live in our London newsroom. All right, time now for a few more big money movers. Let's start off with Splunk. Shares jumping double digits on a Q2 earnings beat. Revenue rising by 14%, driven by the company's focus on accelerating innovation and more AI adoption. The software company also boosting its sales outlook for the rest of fiscal 2024. Those shares up more than 13% in the pre-market. Snowflake also catching a bid this morning after topping earnings expectations and reiterating its full-year forecast following several quarters of Outlook cuts. The cloud company says its enterprise customers will continue to be a growth headwind with business activity stabilizing, but not back to 100 percent. Those shares up just over three and a half percent. Let's make it three. Autodesk shares climbing higher thanks to a ramp up in demand for industrial design software. Analysts say the backlog of construction projects uh, make for a healthy demand environment through the end of this year. They're also highlighting Autodesk's 11 percent rise in revenue and its partnerships with companies just uh, like NVIDIA. Those shares up over six and a half percent. All right, let's stick with earnings right now. It's not all sunshine, lollipops and rainbows, especially when we are talking about retail. Foot Locker, that was the biggest drag yesterday, tumbling more than 28 percent after it cut its guidance paused its dividend and warned of a weaker consumer in the face of stubborn inflation. Check out the performance of some of these stocks this week. Foot Locker down 34 percent. Dick's falling by 24 percent. Macy's nearly 17 percent. Kohl's 4 percent. Nike 5.5 percent on a long losing streak. Uh, it's on a 10-day losing streak, actually, the longest since it went public in 1980. But it's not all bad news. There have been some standouts among the specialty retailers and the off-price chains. Take a look. Abercrombie jumping by 23% yesterday after its results smashed forecast. The stock is up 18% this week. Lowe's also gaining more than 3% this week. And Raw stores up almost 3%. More names are on the docket today. We're talking Gap, Nordstrom, and Ulta Beauty. Let's bring in Jessica Ramirez, Senior Research Analyst at Jane Holly and Associates. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Good morning, Frank. Thank you for having me. All right, let's talk about what we saw yesterday. Foot Locker and Abercrombie. Both of them skew to a younger demographic, but at very different price points. We saw Foot Locker drop by more than 20 percent, Amber Crombie rise by more than 20 percent. What can we read from these reports about the consumer? Well, overall, I think Foot Locker and Abercrombie are two different stories, and they're both at a different stage in where they are in their story. So you have Foot Locker that is just starting to work on its turnaround plan. Mary Dillon has been there for it's coming up to a year. And her plan is just starting to set in place. However, she's coming in at a time where it's very difficult for this, the sneaker market. So first of all, you have the sneaker market really coming into normalization in this year. We have lifestyle sneakers really setting back, but you have performance doing better. Then as well, she has the 
having to re- redo a lot of the platforms. So again, coming up against a weaker consumer, their core consumer is the low income consumer, which has been hit earlier this year and we've seen it. So having this turnaround, even there are some good ideas in place, it's very difficult to get that ramped up very quickly. And when you look at Abercrombie, there's a different story there. So their turnaround plan has been taking some time. However, they are up against weak figures year over year, but they are benefiting that they've leaned into more core items, which we've seen that to be a success story across many brands. So when you talk about core items, you're looking at classics. So t-shirts, denim has been doing fairly well. And when you lean into that, you have better inventory and healthier inventory. You're not likely going to have to put that on markdown if it's not moving and be that aggressive with it. Also, because of that, you have more pricing power, so you can deal with better margins. And as you saw with Abercrombie across the board, they did do pretty well. So again, a little bit of two different stories, one just starting to turn around, one having placed a lot of this in the turnaround. However, one also, you know, Abercrombie, they are benefiting. It is a back-to-school season. We've already started with that. I want to ask you about a big theme this retail season. I'm talking about shrink. That's largely associated with theft. Um, Just yesterday, we heard Dix mention it for the first time. We've also heard Brian Cornell from Target uh, talk about it repeatedly. How big of an issue is this for investors, near term and long term? So what we're seeing is, like you said, Dix just came up with the word shrink um, and the first time that they're being affected by that. We have heard shrink across many retailers throughout the year. So we started really seeing it at the end of last year into the first quarter. Now we're seeing into the second quarter. And from what Target really talked about is they will anniversary, but it doesn't mean that it's going away. Um, and, and you have to understand the, the consumer is being hit by a lot. So there's inflation, there's rising energy costs. They're dipping into their savings that have pretty much dried up. And now they're going into their credit and they're not necessarily paying off that credit like we've heard from Macy. So the consumer's having a difficult time. So theft is on the rise, and okay. it's, the, it's at the most that we've seen. So, right. so Jessica, I, I just want to look ahead right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Gap, Nordstrom, yeah. and also Ulta Beauty reporting today. Is there one that you think uh, will be especially telling about the consumer? Is there one that you expect to be better than the others? Tough, tough crowd on this one. Um, I would say Ulta might have a better chance. The consumer is still spending on beauty. You have to see that the consumer, when it's a tough time, they will spend on beauty. However, Ulta has been hit by shrink. We've seen that without the quarter, and there might be more of a promotional cadence And we've seen compared to last year. Again, it's a competitive environment out there, and you want to make sure that you're not dippy, that you're not having excess inventory like we did late last year, early this year. So they're really trying to keep ahead. With Nordstrom, even though they have Rack, Rack doesn't compete with the likes of Ross and the likes of TJX that are very strong players in the off-price sector. Again, the consumer really training down because of all of everything that they're being hit with. With Gap, it's been a difficult story. I think there what we're what we're hoping for is the new CEO coming in to really make turn around, bring some of these transferable skills from Mattel over to Gap, just because it has has been a revolving door with Gap, and we really haven't seen any green shoots come from any of their okay. their plans. All right, we're looking at shares of Gap, Nordstrom, and Ulta, all of them up in the pre-market. A lot to watch there. Jessica Ramirez, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, ahead here on Worldwide Exchange, a sigh of relief for anyone with an overdue Netflix DVD. A pickleball-themed restaurant gets some Super Bowl-winning backing, and why you're more likely watching this show from home today than any other day of the year. It is your top trending stories, and they're coming up when Worldwide Exchange returns.
Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right, welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. The first Republican presidential debate saw sparks fly last night, even without former President Trump in attendance. The party frontrunner opting not to participate and deciding instead to deliver his own message on X. That's the social platform formerly known as Twitter. This ahead of what's expected to be a very busy day for the former president. NBC's Bree Jackson joins me now live from Atlanta with much more on this story. Bree, good morning. Good morning, Frank. So as you mentioned, former President Trump skipped the debate last night, citing his commanding lead in the polls. But what we do know is that the former president plans to be here at the Fulton County Jail later today when he turns himself in just one day ahead of the deadline set by Georgia prosecutors. Eight Republican presidential candidates sparring on the debate stage with one goal in mind, convincing voters they should be the party's nominee. Now is not the time for on-the-job training. We don't need to bring in a rookie. Do you want incremental reform, which is what you're hearing about, or do you want revolution? We will send Joe Biden back to his basement and we will reverse the decline of this country. Each person fighting to separate themselves on issues ranging from foreign policy to border security. Let's fire the 87,000 IRS agents and hire or double the number of border patrol agents. And the economy and showing divisions over abortion restrictions. Let's find consensus. Can't we all agree that we should ban late-term abortions? Can't we all agree that we should encourage adoptions? I stand behind that we should not have a federal abortion ban. The GOP frontrunner, former President Trump, skipped the debates but remained a major part of the conversation. Whether or not you believe that the criminal charges are right or wrong, the conduct is beneath the office of President of the United States. I said that Donald Trump was morally disqualified from being president again as a result of what happened on January 6th. The former president appearing in a pre-taped interview. I just felt it would be uh, more appropriate not to do the debate. I don't think it's uh, right to do it. Trump making his case to 2024 voters while facing multiple indictments, including charges related to alleged efforts to overturn Georgia's 2020 election. And former President Trump supporters are planning a protest today outside of the Fulton County Courthouse. Meanwhile, the Fulton County Sheriff's Office says that it's planning a hard lockdown of this area surrounding the jail when the former president turns himself in. Frank? NBC's Bree Jackson, live in Atlanta. Bree, thank you very much. All right, time now for a check on more of this morning's headlines. NBC's Jessica Layton in New York with the very latest. Good morning. 
Frank, good morning. At least four people are dead and six injured in a mass shooting that happened in California. Uh, let's get to that video right now because we're having some technical issues here. Th the shooter is among the dead. It appears he was taken out by responding sheriff's deputies. Three law enforcement sources tell NBC News that the shooter was a former law enforcement officer who apparently targeted his wife. By the way, this happened in Orange County. Moving on now, Yevgeny Prigozhin, the Russian mercenary leader who staged a brief rebellion against Vladimir Putin two months ago. Well, he may have been killed in a plane crash. That's according to Russian authorities. Prigozhin was listed as one of the passengers on board a small jet that went down outside Moscow on Wednesday. And Japan has begun releasing treated radioactive water from the Fukushima nuclear plant into the Pacific Ocean. This plant was damaged beyond repair by a tsunami in 2011. Now, the slow discharge of about 1.3 million metric tons of wastewater will take 30 years to complete. The plant has faced protests, but was ruled safe by the International Atomic Energy Agency. Frank, we'll send it back to you. All right, Jessica, thank you very much. All right, straight ahead here on Worldwide Exchange, a post-pandemic milestone for one major global air carrier. We'll explain right after this break. Stay with us. It's right around 5.30 a.m. here in the New York City area, and there's a lot more ahead here on Worldwide Exchange. Here is what's still on deck. Living up to the hype, NVIDIA turning even the most bearish analyst on the street into bulls this morning after a record-breaking quarter. Futures are higher on the heels of those results, fueling investor enthusiasm for risk as attention starts to shift to Jay Powell and Jackson Hole. Plus, Brazil, China, Russia, and India. They invite six new nations to join their ranks in what's being seen as a seismic shift in global influence. It is Thursday, August the 24th, 2023. You're watching Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. Welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. I'm Frank Holland. Let's get you ready to start this day. As always, we pick up the half an hour with a check on U.S. stock futures. Right now, we're seeing the Dow falling even deeper into negative territory. Looks looking like it would open up about 50 points higher right now. On the flip side of that coin, we're looking at the NASDAQ. Those futures up over 1%. The S&P about a half a percent higher. We're also looking at the bond market right now, taking a look at yields. As always, we start with the benchmark 10-year right now at 4.19, a few basis points lower than we've seen it in recent days when it hit multi-year highs. Also watching the two years, that yield inches back up towards 5%. We're also looking at energy. As always, we start with oil, WTI, the U.S. benchmark right now, back below 80 bucks a barrel. Right now, it's 78.93, up fractionally. Brent crude, similar story, up fractionally at 83.30. More movement in natural gas, falling even lower from when we started the show, down even closer to 1%, the natural gas market right now. All right, turning to our top story and your biggest money mover of this morning, what else? We're talking NVIDIA. Shares soaring on a blowout quarter, right now up 7.5%. In the report, revenue increasing by more than 100% from a year ago. Very upbeat guidance, suggesting a 170% profit boost in the current quarter as demand for its AI chips continues to grow. CEO Jensen Wong last night really highlighting customer enthusiasm around the cost-saving potential when it comes to AI. The best way for companies to increase their throughput, uh, improve their energy efficiency, improve their cost efficiency, is to divert their capital budget to accelerated computing and generative AI. Because by doing that, you're going to offload so much workload off of the CPUs. All right, let's look deeper into this quarter with Matt Bryce and hardware equity research analyst at Wedbush. Matt, great to have you here. 
Thanks for having me. All right. Really a blowout quarter. It exceeded even these elevated expectations. What was your biggest takeaway from the report? Have you changed your price target at all? Uh, yes, my, my price target went from 490 to 600. Uh, I, I mean, biggest takeaway is that it, it again, at this point, it, it seems like there is infinite demand um, for GPUs to build these large language models. Um, and no matter how much NVIDIA ships, um, it, it just seems like there is a customer out there willing to take that that incremental part that NVIDIA is putting out there. Infinite demand. You don't hear those words very often, Matt. By the way, uh, your new price target just looking uh, implies that you see the stock moving 17 percent higher. So how does it move that 17 percent? What's the catalyst? Um, as you can see, Jensen Wong putting out some very optimistic guidance for the current quarter. Where is that next leg of this rally coming from? So I, I, I think it's really just them continuing to execute in terms of putting more more product out there. So right now, um, my conversation suggests there's uh, 40 weeks of lead time uh, plus for their H100 product in certain channels. Other channels, it's it's a year plus. And so um, I'm being a bit um, facetious in saying infinite demand, no, but there is more demand than they can meet. And so for them, it's just ramping output. At some point, um, you, you do have to see these models turn into revenue uh, for their for their customers. And so... Uh, we have to see more um, use of AI, um, but we're not at that point okay. right now. Everyone is training these models. All right. I know you're just being colorful when you said infinite demand, but I do want to talk about supply and demand for a second. Two factors going into this report were the supply chain and also China. So in on the call, CEO Jensen Wong said he expects supply to actually increase in each of the next four quarters. But he also added there wasn't really a rush of orders from China ahead of any possible increase in U.S. restrictions. What was your takeaway from those two issues? Um, so I, I, I think there's there's a larger issue with China. So I, I think for all of tech, you, you have to wonder at any point, um, will the administration determine that uh, shipments might be a problem for U.S. interests? Um, and does that create risk? Um, uh, obviously, NVIDIA uh, being on the forefront of AI, they're, they're not excluded from that. Um, uh, but I, I think in the same in the same vein, um, that. It, well, well, Matt, can it, I ask you, were you surprised that the yep. China sales for data centers were not higher? Were you expecting those to be higher? Um, you know, Jensen Wong said it was still in the historical range, about 20 to 25 percent of, of data center sales. No, I, I, I think that NVIDIA is trying to fulfill all, all of its customers. Um, and, and so I, I don't think they're, they're shipping more to China to get ahead of a ban. Um, and again, what they said is, at least at this point, they, they don't expect um, the U.S. to shift policy to to ban more of their products going to China. But you're worried about it. You're saying that's a that's a at least near term risk to future sales right now. The possibility of that happening. I, I mean, I think it's a it's a risk for all of tech. So I have to consider it with uh, effectively all of my names. Like uh, so, it's it, it's certainly out there. All right. I want to talk about the broader chip sector. Look at the SMH this morning. It's up on the back of these NVIDIA earnings. When I last check, up over 2%. Um, what other chip names do you see as beneficiaries of this blowout report from NVIDIA? So uh, TSM is a direct supplier, right? And it, they're, they're the point of constraint and that it's bringing on packaging um, that is the uh, portion of the supply chain where NVIDIA is just constrained in terms of what they ship. Um, but beyond TSM, um, and, and a few names in, say, in testing in Taiwan. The, the, the problem with this is there's not a ton of other 
uh, beneficiaries. So at some point, um, I, I think AMD is in second place in this race to compete with NVIDIA. Um, and uh, I think eventually um, this huge AI demand will, will benefit them, uh, maybe Intel to some extent. Uh, but at the same time, uh, they were talking about replacing CPUs. So, okay. um, you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag for the rest of the industry. I want to hit on a stock that we're showing the, the viewers right now. Super microchip up over 8% right now, up almost 9%. Um, it seems like it's obviously rallying on the back of these NVIDIA results. Why this company? It's, it's one we don't talk about that often. Yeah, so I, I actually uh, uh, shifted the, the name from um, underperforming neutral yesterday. Um, in part, um, in expectation, uh, that we might get a good number from NVIDIA. Um, there it's, uh, there are only so many system builders, um, who build, uh, systems, uh, using, uh, NVIDIA's, NVIDIA's parts. Um, Supermicro was early to the market. Um, they are one of the leaders in providing AI systems. Uh, so when you see NVIDIA put up a big number, I think the read through is that, that their customers are also doing pretty well. Matt Bryson of Webbush, always great to have you here. Thank you for your time and for your insight. Let's get a check on some of this morning's top corporate stories. we got Silvana Hanau. She's back with those. Silvana. Hi, Frank. I am back. All right, let's start with Google because it may dominate search ads and smartphone uh, software, but when it comes to cutting-edge hardware, no such luck. Reports this morning the company is facing new setbacks and developing a mixed-reality headset with partner Samsung to rival Apple's new Vision Pro. Now, this is following reports that Google gave up on its project Iris AR glasses back in June. The rumored mixed-reality device has reportedly been in the works since at least last year, but has now become a, quote, political headache. Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley and UBS have reached a $499 million settlement over antitrust allegations in the stock lending market. This follows a, that $81 million settlement reached last year by Credit Suisse, now owned by UBS owner. Similar, uh, similar claims Bank of America remain, remain the lone defendant. Sorry about that. All right. And Former New York Times chief Mark Thompson is reportedly lending is a lending candidate to replace former CNN boss Chris Licht to run the cable network, according according to Semaphore Thompson, who the CEO of the Times was the CEO from the Times from 2012 to 2020 is among a small um, a small group being um, being considered for the difficult role of turning around CNN, Frank. Yeah, it's certainly going to be a tough job. A lot of people uh, looking at the changes there at that network. Silvana, thank you very much. You got it, Frank. All right. Coming up here on Worldwide Exchange, the White House reportedly taking steps to ensure the health of the global semiconductor supply chain. But first, as we had to break, we got some of your top trending stories. We begin with a, a sigh of relief for anyone with an overdue Netflix DVD. I mean, way overdue. Netflix says it's allowing all DVD subscribers to keep their DVDs free of charge after September 29th, when it plans to shut down the nearly 25-year-old business. DVD subscribers can also get a bonus delivery of up to 10 extra DVDs after the business shuts down as a final parting gift. I don't even know people still watch DVDs. All right, forget chicken and waffles. It's time for chicken and pickle. Kansas City Chief players and Super Bowl champs Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, they're teaming up to invest in eight chicken and pickle restaurants across the U.S., which feature food, drinks, and pickleball. The Kansas City-born six-year-old chain also says it plans to open up 
another seven locations through 2024. That pickleball thing, that's really catching on. All right, are you feeling just <coughs> a little tickle in your throat? <coughs> well, you're not alone. New data showing that more people call in sick from work today, August the 24th, than any other day of the year, with nearly 1% of all employees taking off ahead of the Labor Day holiday. That info coming from a study by Flamingo, a firm that helps companies manage employee absences and medical leaves. It analyzed data on sick days taken by American workers over the past five years. If you want to get a little cough, today might be the day. Coming back, much more on Worldwide Exchange. All right, welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. Time now for your morning call sheet. And it's all about NVIDIA. Wall Street appearing to be playing a bit of catch-up after the company's record-breaking second quarter. Nearly everyone on the street, including some longtime bears, on the stock, they're now changing their tune. Take a look at some of the most notable price target moves you see here behind me. City taking its 12-month price target from 520 to 630. You see it over there. We also have a very similar story at A.B. Bernstein. I'm blocking it right here. It's right behind me, 475 to 675. We also have Rosenblatt Securities, one of the most bullish on the street, moving its outlook from 800 all the way up to 1100. Big move right there. So again, NVIDIA shares moving much higher in the pre-market. Taking a look at those shares right now, they are up just over 7.5%. All right, elsewhere, Piper Sandler is boosting its price target for Amazon to 185. Piper says now is the time to buy Amazon with margins inflecting positively and AWS growth set to reaccelerate. And Bank of America and Needham, they're both downgrading Peloton after a pretty rough earnings report. B of A says it has little confidence in future subscriber growth and is now moving that company to sell. Take a look at shares of Peloton. They're down about one and a half percent. All right. Time now for your global briefing. The U.S. is reportedly extending its one year exemption on Chinese semiconductor waivers for chip makers in Taiwan and Korea in an effort to prevent disruption within the global chip supply chain. The duration of that extension has not been decided just yet, but regulators are considering the potential for an indefinite exemption, which could impact China's tech ambitions. Shares of Qantas, they are moving higher after the Airways company posted its first annual profit since the pandemic, with revenue jumping due to robust travel demand and higher airfares. Qantas also announcing an order for new 24 wide-body aircraft as part of its jet fleet renewal program, which comes as industrial disputes, customer service issues, and pressure over financial performance. They all weigh on that company. Shares of Qantas right now uh, up 1% almost. All right. Nations led by Russia, China, Brazil and India inviting Saudi Arabia, Iran, Egypt and three others to join their bloc. I'm talking about the BRICS. The inclusion of Saudi Arabia, the world's largest oil exporter, brings together some of the largest energy producers in the world into one single group, which would give this BRICS, this BRICS plus some expanded economic influence in trade and other world affairs. All right. As we head to break, if you haven't already, follow our podcast. If you missed Worldwide Exchange. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, and other podcast apps. Much more Worldwide Exchange coming up after this break. Welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. It's time now for your WEX wrap-up. We start with NVIDIA. Shares pushing higher in the pre-market after topping even the most bullish Wall Street estimates for its most recent quarter. NVIDIA is seeing huge demand for chips that are powering the AI revolution. Those shares up over 7.5%. Privately held company Smark is dropping plans to bid for U.S. Steel, leaving ArcelorMittal as the lone opposer to Cleveland Cliff's takeover bid for that company. Taking a look at those shares right now, U.S. Steel down 3%, Cleveland Cliff's up fractionally. Shares of Nike, they're gaining ahead of the open this after the company closed out its 10th straight losing session yesterday, the longest streak going all the way back to its IPO in 1980. 
Also, shares of gas, they're rallying on an earnings beat and strong gross margins, with revenue growing by 3%, helped in part by soaring sales in Europe and in Asia. Boeing trading lower in the pre-market, the company warning of a new manufacturing flaw on its 737 MAX jet that will impact near-term deliveries. Those shares down 2% right now. And shares of Splunk jumping double digits on a Q2 earnings beat, revenue rising by 14%, driven by the company's focus on accelerating innovation and more AI adoption. The software company also boosting its sales outlook for the rest of fiscal 2024. All right, ahead of that summit at Jackson Hole, markets are poised for a bit of a mixed open coming off yesterday's positive session with the S&P 500 posting its best day since June 30th. Taking a look at futures right now, the Dow in the red, as you can see, looking like it would open up about 60 points lower. The S&P up just about a half a percent, but the big story, of course, the Nasdaq, a percent higher in the pre-market. All right, joining me now to discuss this and much, much more, Victoria Green, G-Squared Private Wealth founding partner and chief investment officer, as well as a CNBC contributor. I'm going to call you friend of the show, Vicky, as well. It's always great to have you here. Good morning. Good morning, Frank. All right, we got to talk about NVIDIA. That's where we really have to start. Blowout quarter, um, as we just mentioned, the NASDAQ futures up over 1% right now. Do you see this continuing to power an AI-powered rally with the Magnificent Seven and other mega cap tech stocks throughout the rest of this day? I think so. I think you could see a nice bounce today in the growth in techie and, and the semi space because obviously NVIDIA was, you know, priced to perfection and it absolutely crushed it. I mean, I think Morningstar capitulated. They were the last sell rating on the street. They capitulated to hold. And as you had pointed out earlier in the show, all of the price targets getting raised. Absolutely such high expectations, a little bit of nerves, and they crushed it. And they said they're going to increase sales every quarter for the next year. And, and the data center, which used to be a line item, is, is now their headline with AI. So I think AI is still in play. You're fighting weak seasonality. You're fighting the Fed on Friday. But I think for today, it's AI's day to shine again. All right. So you seem very optimistic about today. With all this optimism in mind, Vicky, what's your WEX word of the day? It's perfection. Like it had to be for NVIDIA. Take a bow, NVIDIA. You absolutely earned it for this quarter. I think that was one of the most perfect clean sheet beat across everything I think I've ever seen. So I think today is the perfection day at AI. All right. So if today's a perfection day, I do have to ask you, um, would you advise clients or other people to take maybe a defensive role ahead of Jackson Hole? Are there some sectors that you're watching possibly to see some weakness? Yeah, absolutely. I think Jackson Hole, I think he wants to give himself some wiggle room. And last year he came out pretty hawkish. And I think maybe we'll see some of that rhetoric again. Give himself options. The market's only pricing in about 11, 12 percent chance of a, a September hike. November's on the table about a 30 percent chance still. So I think uh, investors still need, still need to play defense. There's that correlation between rising yields and falling markets. That's the typical correlation. We saw that break in July, came back to bite us here in, in August as yields popped up and, and stocks have fallen. But I think investors need to realize higher yields are bad, especially for for some of those long duration growth stocks. Fair enough. I want to get to your pick. We got to do this one quick. It's one of them is Adobe. You see it as an AI play, but trades at 32 times forward earnings. So after NVIDIA, are we just not worried about valuations anymore? Well, it, if you can grow your earnings enough, you might be able to play catch up. And that was one of my knocks on NVIDIA. We have it in our core portfolio at 3%. But at the same point, if you grow your earnings fast enough, the price earnings, price sales does become a little irrelevant if you can meet that guide path. So Adobe doesn't get a lot of love, but their Photoshop app, Firefly, has over a billion generated ish, uh, uh, images now here in just almost like three months. I think they're a great software tool in the creative side, a good complement to some of the chip plays here and just not talked about as much in the AI space. All right, Vicky, we got 
leave the conversation there. Thank you very much. Taking a look at futures off their highs. The Nasdaq futures up just over 1%. The Dow in the red. The S&P up almost a half a percent. A lot to talk about. we got Squawk Box coming up next. Thank you for watching. I'm Frank Holland, and you're listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. Our show is live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. Listen in. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.